0: Hey, everybody. This is Sherry Walling. Those of you who listen to the podcast regularly know that I have been off the air for the last month or so. And I've taken a break from the podcast because my family and I were traveling in Europe. And I found that that required my full attention. Um, But we're back now and getting back into the swing of things. And I thought that for this week, our first week back on... You might enjoy, maybe, hearing my husband and I talk about our trip and the pros and cons of taking our kids, the things that we learned about traveling, the things that we learned from our kids as we traveled together. So my husband, Rob, um, is an entrepreneur and web guy, and he joins me for this conversation as we reflect on... um, a month of travel in the czech republic and italy with our two young children so thanks for listening i hope you enjoy this podcast this is parenting reimagined a place where the conversation goes beyond what we do as parents And we take the time to consider what parenting teaches us, how it transforms us, and what being parents means for the landscape of our inner lives. I am Sherry Walling.
1: So, Finn, where have we been on our trip? Well, we've been in the Czech Republic and in Italy. And which cities did we go to in Italy? Uh, Venice, Rome, Sorrento, Tuscany, uh, Pisa, and Florence. Which city has
0: been your favorite or which place has been your favorite?
1: Uh, I'd have to say Rome. I like the Colosseum and the Pantheon and I really like the squishy balls which are these little things that you bounce. They get smooshed, and then they go back into their normal shape. Okay,
0: so what's been your least favorite thing
1: we've done on this trip? I'd have to say getting tired.
0: When did you get tired?
1: Lots of times. Pretty much every day.
0: Yeah, because we did a lot of walking, didn't we?
1: Right. You said that right.
0: So you've seen
1: a lot of art
0: on this trip. What what art stands out to you as most interesting?
1: The Last Judgment.
0: Tell me about The Last Judgment.
1: Well, there're like these monsters in the corner who are taking the guys to hell. And then the and then this guy didn't like Michelangelo's work, so he he went to the pope and was like, "Can you stop this man from doing that? That's an outrage." But Michelangelo was so angry that he painted his face on the devil's head in this painting.
0: So you like the story behind The Last Judgment? Yeah. You mentioned Michelangelo. Did Michelangelo paint that?
1: Yeah, he painted the whole Sistine Chapel, even though he was a sculptor.
0: Well, he painted the ceiling and that front wall. The side walls were painted by other people. Uh. Yeah. Any other Michelangelo information that you have learned or maybe other He
1: sculpted the David and the Pietà. Yeah. And that's all I know. So you've been in some castles and some
0: churches and some different ancient buildings. Any of those stand out to you as most interesting?
1: Uh I have to say the Colosseum and the Lean Tower.
0: Those are both pretty spectacular. Yeah,
1: I've known about those far longer than I knew about the Sistine Chapel, or the Pantheon, or the St. Peter's Basilica. And you were really
0: excited to see the Colosseum and the Leaning Tower when we came on this trip, weren't you?
1: Yeah, but I didn't know we were going to see the Leaning Tower. What a surprise. So what kinds of things have you eaten while we've been in Europe? Mostly pasta and pizza. And every day, what have you had? Gelato. Gelato.
0: And every day, have you had the same kind of gelato? Uh,
1: mostly. One time, I had chocolate chip and chocolate instead of just chocolate.
0: But mostly, you have chocolate every day, huh? Yeah.
1: So, overall, Finn, are you glad that we came on this trip? Yes! Because I don't get ice cream at home every day.
0: That's true. You don't get ice cream every day. And
1: gelato is Italian ice cream.
0: I am here with my husband, Rob, and we are talking about our recent trip to Europe with our two children. Our kids are, Finn is seven and Fisher is three, and we spent one month traveling in Europe, and this is our sort of rehashing the experience and talking through our favorite memories as well as uh, maybe what didn't work well, what we would do again, and what we wouldn't.
2: Yeah, and I, I think the hope is not only that we can recount what happened to us, but perhaps lend some insight for folks who want to do this themselves, right, and, and show some pitfalls as well as some of the, the wise choices we made that worked out well.
0: So how did we end up deciding to take a trip to Europe with our kids?
2: Well, I so I throw a conference um, every year here in the States, and this year we decided to do it in Europe, in Prague. And when I brought it up to you, I said, I'm going to go to Prague for five days and throw a conference. And you said, oh, no, you aren't. You're, you're bringing me and the kids with you. And so the, the further we got into it, with a nine-hour time difference and, a th- you know, like 13 hours of flying each way, if you're going to bring two young kids that far, it just makes sense to stay longer. And so you wanted to have the experience of, you know, we haven't been to Europe in 14 years. And um, I, I love having you guys along. So um, that's, I think that's why we decided.
0: And another big part of our decision was whether we were going to go as our family of four or whether we were going to take someone with us to help us. And we debated about it for a while because it added a lot of expense to the trip. Um, It meant that we couldn't stay in a normal sort of four-person hotel room. It meant that food was more expensive, that everything was more. But after debating about it for a while, we did decide to take someone. And ultimately, I think that was a really good decision. Um, it allowed for us to go out to dinner by ourselves. It allowed for us to even take a couple of days to ourselves you know and and go to Capri and go to some places that we wouldn't necessarily take the kids. But all told, do you feel like it was a good choice to bring help?
2: I do I, I think that there are definite pros and cons to it. I think the the fact that it kicked us over the the single hotel room limit meant, meant that lodging was quite a bit more expensive in most places. Um, but as you said, all told, I think it was, it was worth it. I mean, some of my favorite memories of this trip are you and I going out to dinner. I mean, I think in Rome, we went out three or four nights in a row, way more than we go out, you you know, when we're here in the States. I mean, it was, there are just some, some amazing experiences that I don't think we could have had without, you know, without our friend along to watch the boys.
0: So let's back up a little bit and talk about where we went, so, the conference was in Prague, so we flew um, from Los Angeles to Zurich to Prague, and we were there let 's see we flew in on a Monday night and we left on a Monday night, so we were there for a solid week from Prague we went to
2: we, we <laughs> flew to Venice. who could forget the the sprint through the uh, the Venice airport to hit the the water bus. Um, that was leaving. There was a one-hour gap, and it was like 10 o'clock at night. And if we missed one, we weren't going to get out of there till 11 and get to our hotel till midnight. So uh, we sprinted for you know a couple minutes to, to get there. So we were in uh, Venice, and then we rented a car when we were done. We were in Venice for about four or five days. We rented a car and drove to Tuscany, which is wine, the wine country, the Chianti region of Italy. So it was kind of more rural. We had a large place there. We stayed for about a week. And uh, then we drove down to Sorrento, which is like a little bit like Southern California, it reminded me, in terms of like climate beaches and such. And
0: Southern, Southern Italy near Naples.:
2: yep, yep, and then we were there for maybe four or five days, and then went to Rome, checked the car in, stayed in a little apartment there. Rome. I hadn't realized how much of a city it was. It feels like Manhattan in terms of the not in terms of the size, but in terms of the there's just so much going on. You know, and it was very busy, and it was very expensive, but but a lot of fun. So we were there for about four days, and then we flew home.
0: Which places did you really like?
2: I have to admit, I, I think each, each place had its own, like, unique awesomeness. You know, it was basically—I like the way you set up the trip, because— uh Prague for me was more about work because there was a lot of conference stuff. Um but it was like a a you know Eastern European city and there was a lot of history to it. it. It had not it's one of the few cities that hadn't been bombed during World War II so the architecture was intact. It's amazing stuff. Um and then from there we go to Venice which is there's no cars, you know it's this walking city and it was kind of intense you're just near people tiny little hotel room because it's so expensive. Then we went to a large house in the country, in the Chianti region, and then we went to the coast, essentially, and went to different islands on boats, and then we went into the middle of Rome, which is, like I said, is more like Manhattan. So it was kind of alternating, you know, one after the other. I think, hands down, my favorite, though, is, uh, was Chianti, and it was the, I love to get away and relax a bit, um, and to have that seven days, and it was a very large house, very nice kitchen. I, I like to cook a lot and embraced that and, and made a lot of pastas. I don't make many pastas. And so there was, I think that's probably my favorite, although I really enjoyed Rome because of the time you and I spent together just talking and walking around Rome those last few days. How about, how mm-hmm. about you?
0: I, you know, I think that's a really hard question because each, like you said, each of the places was awesome in its own way. I think that Prague is just hands down one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been in. It feels like fairy tale, especially at night walking around and seeing all of those ancient buildings lit up. Um, so I it was a really nice place to start the trip because it was so lovely. It was so easy to have the kids there. But I also really love Venice. I, I love all the water and the unique sort of feeling that it, you know, that being there is, it's, it's unlike any other city in the world, I think. Yep. Um, What's funny
2: is after about two or three days in Venice, though, you're like, I'm ready to go. Remember that?
0: Yeah. It gets a little claustrophobic. (laughs) Yeah. So when we were in Sorrento, we took some day trips. And one of the towns that we went to on a day trip was Positano, which is this little strip of beach right on the Mediterranean. And then the city is just inlaid into these cliffs. And it's really beautiful. And just it feels, again, sort of like this magical fairy tale place. So I really liked that and we had a fun day there with the boys. How about in terms of the kids? What Which places felt most fun with the kids or easiest with the kids?
2: I felt like Prague was easy with the kids. We had a larger apartment. Um, we, it was, what, two bedrooms and it was big and we were right in the heart. Uh, we were by the Charles Bridge which is kind of the heart of the of the tourist area but also of just where a lot of stuff is going on and we did a lot of walking. I think the kids did well there. I also think uh, Tuscany, which was the, the large farmhouse we had, worked well for them, because they were pretty chill. We rode in the car quite a bit, because we had to you know, drive to get anywhere there. The other places where the rooms were, um, wherever else we stayed, the apartments were small and the rooms were small, and I think that was tough to always have to kind of be on, both for us and the kids. You were either yeah. out with a bunch of people, or you were in the room, and we're in a 20 by 20 room, all four of us together all the time. So, you know, there were there were certain events in the larger cities that the kids really enjoyed. But I think overall, in terms of multiple days, um, it was kind of the larger, having that larger home base that the kids could come in and decompress from. And you could feel when they were like, I want to, I don't want to walk anymore. I want to go home. And they just wanted to relax and read or watch watch a movie or something.
0: I think you're kind of highlighting two things that we learned that were really important about traveling with kids. And, and one is space like the kids just needed more space. We as a family needed more space. We were in two hotel rooms for a couple of days and it was kind of a nightmare. Like it was just too small. We needed more room. We needed a kitchen. We needed a living room. And that, the times where we had more space available to us were the times where it, it was just more relaxed for our family. Um, I think the other thing that you just said that is really important in terms of thinking about planning a trip like this with kids is the idea that you just need more downtime. And that's the other reason that we decided to go for a month because we kind of correctly guessed that we'd be able to do sort of one thing a day and that like every third or fourth day would just be a down day where we go to the playground and we stay in the room and watch cartoons. And, And we had a lot of days like that, but It was nice to have the time for that, to feel like we're not going to miss anything because we're just hanging out in the... the apartment today right
2: because if it was just you and i we'd strap backpacks on and we'd do two or three museums a day and walk all over the city and basically just burn it on both ends right i mean we'd be uh, you know out of the out the door by eight and in the door by 10 p.m or something there's just
0: 10 p.m what are you like an old lady
2: well you, you know but i mean it's it's just such a different it is really a different story it's not slightly different story with kids it's like night and day i mean it's very very different
0: I, I think, though, I will always fall on the side of bringing the kids. There were definitely some difficult moments. Our kids had some, like, fantastically terrible tantrums <laughs> in a couple of key locations, Um and it was definitely hard to have some meals in restaurants with them. We were in this really lovely restaurant in Venice and Fisher had a total – like just could not be soothed. We're just like screaming in this really nice restaurant and we were like, oh dear. Finally, the wait staff brought out an iPad for him and he watched cartoons, <laughs> which was really awesome. Um, but overall – and this is my opinion. Obviously, you have your own, but – it was really important for me to be able to share a lot of those things with the boys and a big theme of our trip was learning about Renaissance art. And I love that my three-year-old totally knows who Michelangelo is and knows a couple of his pieces and can talk about them and recognize them. And they had these really cool experiences learning about da Vinci and his inventions. And so we did decide to take our kids to some museums, both to the Vatican and to the, the Academia in Florence, and introduced them to some really um, beautiful pieces of art. And they like regulated. They did pretty well considering how young they are. And that that's like really satisfying to me. I'm glad we were able to do that with them. Professor, who was Michelangelo? An artist. An artist? Yeah. What did he make? He made a David. Did you see the David? Yeah. Was he beautiful? Yeah. Did you see the Sistine Chapel today? Yeah. Did you know Michelangelo made that too? Yeah. Yeah. Did you learn about Leonardo da Vinci?
1: Um yeah. When I Vinci this made
0: out this He was an artist too. Yeah. Did you go to see the Colosseum?
1: did see the Coliseum. What did you see there? That and, and there was broken statues in the Coliseum. There were broken statues in the Coliseum. Right. So they're so broken.
2: It's something they will remember definitely Finn who's seven will remember for the rest of his life. I mean the the stuff he learned the fact that we were teaching him about the Charles Bridge and Prague, Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, the David, you know, all this stuff, and then we went and actually saw it, and he saw kind of the majesty of it, and, and he knew the backstory of it, which which means it wasn't him walking into a room and seeing a big white statue. It, he knew the story of that and w- why it was made and how it was made, and, and that it was an, an epic work of art of the time. I, I think those things, not only will the experiences stay with him, but his knowledge of this art and of Italy and of these stories, I, I i don't think that'll go away, you know?
0: It was also really fun to travel with them. Like they did much better on all of the flights and all of the boats and all of the trains and taxis than I thought they would. And, you talked a a little bit earlier about our arrival in Venice and how our whole family had to run like 400 meters to catch this last taxi. And that was like a really fun memory for me. I'm carrying the cello. I'm sort of dragging Finn along, who's dragging his suitcase. You're pushing Fisher and carrying like three bags. And it, it was just this sort of like bizarre family vacation, but it was also like our tribe in the world, you know, with all our chaos and all our drama running, running, running. And we caught that boat and it was really fun and satisfying. And I love those sort of family memories where we're all together.
2: Yeah. And I think both the, you know, the 13 hours of flying out and the 14 hours back, I was pleasantly surprised. The boys, I was Honestly, a little shocked just how well they did. I mean, they had iPads a good chunk of those times. So it's not like, you know, they were just regulating for 14 hours. But there was minimal issues there. And I was, frankly, pretty anxious about that experience alone, just the flying. And that was one of the easiest easiest parts of it. So, yeah, I, you know, the thing is, if you travel, if we had gone without the kids, I wouldn't have wanted to stay longer than a week. You know, we we would have left the kids here and I'm not, there's no chance that we're going to leave the kids for a month. I mean, that's crazy. And so it allowed us to go for so much longer, see so much more, share that with them. I mean, there's just too many positive aspects of that when you're, when you're going that far. So especially as they get older, I mean, you think about what it's going to be like in two years, three years. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a no brainer from now on, I think.
0: And one of the things that we talked about on this trip is to think of this as not our one once-in-a-lifetime vacation in Europe as a family, but but really as the first big international trip, which also helped to sort of neutralize the anxiety of needing to do everything or see everything, because I think we'll be back in Italy. I hope so. What are some of your other favorite memories
2: So one of my favorite memories with Finn, our seven-year-old, who had been studying Leonardo Da Vinci and was really into the fact that he was an inventor, was going to the the Da Vinci Museum, which is um, in Florence, and seeing a bunch of Da Vinci's had sketched all these inventions. And he invented a a bunch of things like ball bearings and all these crazy things that we now use that no one had thought of before. And all he did was sketch them out. He never built them. And then, like, Years later, they started building them and realized, oh, all of these things work. Like he had drawn them to scale and they all worked, even though he had never been able to test them physically. And so there was an entire museum full of those things built. And they were probably built in the last 20 years or something. It wasn't like they're ancient, but they were all full, a lot of them full scale or or scaled down, you know, to one-fifth size built out of wood. And so both Finn and Fisher got to just crank on them and, and say, what's this and how does this work? And there were some amazing there's just amazing genius in that room, and Finn really, really enjoyed that. The other thing was Finn really enjoyed uh, all the weapons and the armor, both in Prague and, and all over Italy, and all. I think that'll impact him a lot.
0: And you guys took an afternoon and went to gladiator school right outside the Colosseum in Rome. That's right. And that was a highlight for him. Yep.
2: He enjoyed it. We got to sword fight each other and uh, learn some, some basic moves of gladiators, so... Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think for, and for Fisher, when he would say, did Michelangelo make the David? Right? Is that his line? The little three-year-old voice. Did Michelangelo make the David? That, that might be (laughs) one of my favorite parts of it.
0: I had a lot of fun with Fisher in, um... The Duomo – oh, no, no. It was in uh, Dodge's Palace in Venice, this amazing palace. I think it has the world's largest oil painting. It's just covered with art. And we walked into one of the first just grand rooms that has art on the ceiling and, and every inch of it is painted. And Fisher just says, wow. And I love that memory because it was really fun to watch him even at three understand that this was really beautiful and it was like really special to be able to be there. I think one of my favorite memories of Finn is him busking on the Charles Bridge. So our, our son is seven and he um, has been playing the cello for about nine months and we we decided to bring the cello. We did get a little bit of harassment from our friends about hauling a cello to Europe but It ended up being a really good thing because he could sort of practice every day and and keep up his learning. But he also realized that, like, really small children with really mini cellos can make a lot of money. And so he got very entrepreneurial and did a couple sessions of busking on the Charles Bridge in Prague and made, like, what, $70 total between the two times. He tried it again in Rome and was a little bit less successful, but... um, he was really taken with the street performers in general, the street musicians. And there were these people blowing huge bubbles in Prague. And and he was just enthralled with that. So that was fun to see. How about for yourself? What are your, what's your favorite memory? Something you want to hold on to? There are a
2: handful of them. There's no one favorite, but it was, one of them was at, at a dinner you and I were at just hanging out on Rome, you know, is that glimpse of just having the, the glass of wine that's some house wine of some random restaurant that's better than most wines I've had in my life, you know, and it's $2 a glass or something. I mean, it, um, you know, just long conversations. It Kind of like pinch myself. Like, are we really here? Are we really in Italy for a month? You know, those moments. And then being near the beach like Positano and uh, in Sorrento is pretty amazing. It's a thing that I kept taking pictures of because I... I was thinking, I'm not going to remember this. This doesn't feel real. It doesn't look real. It looks like a special effect when you're on the beach and there's this huge cliff and all these buildings built into it. And the boys played for three or four hours just just on the beach. That may have been one of my favorite memories.
0: So after that day on the beach, which was really sweet and delightful, we were getting in the... uh, ferry to go back to Sorrento and our boys got in this like wrestling match right there on the dock and ended up hitting this lady (laughs) and Finn sat down on my feet and you were trying to control Fisher and basically the four of us almost all fell down into this huge pile on the pier training it on a boat so we went from this like really idyllic beautiful day to this total chaos and then we got on to the ferry and we were on it for about Five minutes when Finn threw up everywhere, all over the floor, all over Emily, our friend who was helping us. So it was a really wonderful day in Positano, and then it went really bad really quickly.
2: Yeah, but it, it went bad so quickly that we we were laughing at the time. It wasn't even like this is terrible and we'll laugh later. I mean, it was genuinely like I, I can't even. This is surreal. Pinch me. Is this really happening? You know, kind of at the other end of the spectrum. One thing I've thought about is that. If, if we had done the trip just ourselves for a month without... Let's say we didn't have kids and you did the trip. It would, it would be a different trip. It would be a lot of fun and you'd see a lot, of, lot more sites. You would do a lot more. But there's this trade-off of like... There's, there's a, a certain type of gratification of being able to share that with these kids, you know, and to be able to educate them and also learning. I wouldn't have learned as much about these sites and, and the the artists and the inventors as I did because Finn was studying them. We were teaching him about it. I feel like potentially I got more out of the trip even though we saw less. And I, I think that when, you know, a lot of people vacation, and I think when we've done it in the past, when we go sightseeing, you, you do burn the candle too hard and that you get burned out on, vac- you know, on, on the vacation and you need a vacation from it. Um, And I think the kids maybe are are a decent kind of, you know, governor against that. They like slow, naturally slowed us down, sometimes too much, you know, where we wanted to do more and and we weren't able to, and that was frustrating. But I think overall, if you look kind of look at the long haul of it over the course of the month, it was probably a net gain.
0: Anything you wouldn't do again?
2: I think I wouldn't stay in a hotel again, even though we had two rooms that were connected. It wasn't enough room and we needed the kitchen. I'm sure if you'd asked me during the trip, I would have said something. But, like, it's almost like my, my memories are already becoming positive. You know, the more I look at the pictures and the more – even though we have pictures of, like, the kids throwing tantrums in the middle of St. Mark's Square in Venice, I still – my net memory is just how cool it was that we all were all able to do that together.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the hotel was – not the best choice. I think in Venice we tried to go to a nice restaurant a couple times, and that was kind of a fail. We didn't have um, our helper our Emily with us that week, so we kind of went on our own, and it was it was we should have just had pizza. So I will say that planning the trip was a major undertaking. It took a lot of time and energy, a lot of research. It was helpful to have a game plan laid out for each city and each day, roughly, and to have taken the time to research different apartments and places to stay. I think that was also a big lesson that we learned about traveling with kids, because when we've traveled before, we've sort of shown up and found a hostel and like we can be really flexible. I found that it was so hard to be flexible with kids and that we needed a kitchen, we, really, we needed a washing machine, and those things weren't really that negotiable.
2: That's a good point. And I, to be honest, I kind of took that for granted because you spent so much time doing that. I was preparing for the conference and launching a, you know, a product. And so you invested a ton of time into that pre research of figuring out not only figuring out what where to get apartments, but like what cities are we going to go to and why and you order them very well. I think that without the kids, you're right, you could go to a place and just, if you didn't like it, you could leave a day or two later and hop to the next city. If it were just the two of us, we could have just kind of played it by ear and gone to a city. And if we didn't like it after a day or two, you just, you kind of bail on it, right? But you had to basically plan things out. I mean, we were to the day when we were going to check out, check in, get a rental car, all that stuff, because you don't have nearly as much leeway and flexibility when you have the kids with you and you're lugging that much. You're lugging that much stuff because you're lugging them and their luggage.
0: So we also took a little bit of heat for how much stuff we packed from Some friends who travel a lot but who don't have children, and um, I don't think we packed too much. Like Rob and I each had a bag, and then the boys had a bag, and then we had three small day packs, and that was kind of what we needed. You just need more clothes for everybody than you do when you don't have children because your kids throw up, or they have accidents, or they you know get dirty, and and so. We packed more stuff than definitely when we were traveling by ourselves. Yeah,
2: even in the day pack when we'd go out, I, it, was, it was a fairly heavy day pack. And I was like, what is this? And there's like all these changes of clothes for kids. There was a bunch of snacks that I wouldn't normally carry around because I would just deal with it if I was hungry or grab a snack. But there are certain things that if you don't have kids, you just you don't totally don't get, you know, the, the urgency of some of these things. We had to carry way more water than, than I normally would. So, yeah, there was a lot
0: it was really challenging to plan a trip with kids because I had, I had like the Rick Steves travel book, which was helpful in terms of different locations and lots of information, obviously in a book like that. But there's a lot of key information about kids stuff that's not there. So which museums are kids free at, or how old do you have to be to ride the Metro for free? Or when do you need to buy a ticket? And so there That kind of stuff just wasn't readily available. I don't know if there are better travel guides about Italy that would have been more kid-friendly, but I sort of did some research about that and didn't find anything that really looked that awesome. I did use Ciao Bambino's website a lot, which is a website that gives a lot of travel information about lots of different places around the world about traveling with kids. But again, it just didn't have as much specific detailed information so in a way it felt like we were we're sort of flying blind sometimes and and hoping that if we got you know stopped on the metro for not having the right number of tickets that we would just be we would just sort of apologize and hopefully be forgiven but those were some things that were it's just harder to get information about traveling with kids because most people don't do it so overall you would do it again
2: yeah i would i mean there were definitely challenges with it but in thinking back now in retrospect, which is always you know painted a little bit by the pictures and the videos that I've seen, and you know the my my brief memories that are starting to to stick with each place there it's pretty overwhelmingly positive.
0: I talked with Jen Miller. Um, one of the interviews that I did before going on this trip. And and her family travels full-time. She has four children. And she talked about how the same things that are hard at home are hard on the road. And that was really helpful for me because I found that to be true. Like bedtimes and laundry and getting motivated to do schoolwork and practice cello and – when the kids are all tired but won't go to sleep and we're tired and those are tricky moments and those were tricky on the road too it was it was sort of the same problems that our family normally encounters the sort of natural problems of life with young kids We're still challenges traveling we just had less space sometimes and less margin maybe to deal with it
2: yeah that's the thing i mean the There were big challenges, but they weren't so much larger than the ones, the exact same ones we face at home. That I think if you didn't have kids and then did the trip that we just did, that could have been overwhelming for you. But we're used to this certain level of chaos in our lives and a certain level of struggle and challenges and kids screaming and the kids waking up at night and all these difficulties. And so when that happens on vacation, we're kind of like, yeah, that's that's part of it.
0: It's been interesting to come back. You know, we've been back for a week. And yesterday, Finn told me that he missed Europe. He said, I like my life, but I miss Europe. And I I resonated with that. I think there's a level of togetherness and adventure and simplicity that traveling allows you. You know, when you have five shirts, two pants, two shorts, like It's just a lot simpler. And now we're home in our big, beautiful house. And I'm really grateful to be home and grateful for the space and and the place where we live and for our friends. But there's something almost a little, um, like it's a little bit of a letdown. You know, the the adventure and the novelty and the what are we going to see today that's going to blow our minds? I, I think we're all missing that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think of it like when you're when you're traveling like that, it's so intense that the volume's kind of kicked up to 10 or 11, and then you come back here, and it's just, oof, you know, it's down at 2, and it's like, you can't always be at 11, because it just stresses you out, it'll burn you out, but coming back here, it definitely feels more more mellow and subdued and having a lot of downtime where we're all kind of relaxing at opposite ends of the house, which I find we're doing quite a bit. Everyone's just in their own room reading right now.
0: Coming back has definitely been harder than I thought, though. Our children have had, certainly our three-year-old has had a much more difficult time doing the time change this direction. And so he just last night, we've been home for a week slept a normal night where he didn't wake up at three or two or in the middle of the night asking for snacks because he's awake and hungry. And I think there is this this difficulty settling in like, okay, well, what are we doing now? Because we spent so much time preparing for this trip and getting excited and packing and getting ready and reading. And um, most of Finn's schoolwork right before going on the trip was about Europe. And, and now there's this this void that you know, we'll have to figure out What's the next thing we're going to do and learn about and get excited about? But I think we're in that void right now, which makes me like really sort of long for the adventure of travel sometime again soon, I hope. It does feel really satisfying to me to live out our values this way. You know, we've talked about deciding that as a family, we value experiences more than stuff and that we want to show our children the the majesty and wonder of the world. You know, we want them to be curious and adventurous. And and we did that. You know, we didn't always do it gracefully, <laughs> but but we did that. We put our money and our time and our energy into that value on this occasion. And I think I feel really satisfied that we did it. And I think our kids are really satisfied that we did it.
2: I think I think I want the kids to grow up and think, this is how you're supposed to live, like you're, you're just supposed to travel. That's what we do. That's a given that I'm supposed to experience other parts of the world and I'm supposed to embark on, on journeys that maybe are a little stressful or a little scary or things that I'm not used to that are different than my day-to-day life. And I think, you know, if we do this every year or two, maybe it's not for a month and maybe it's not to Europe, but just somewhere, a new place that that they will grow up with that just as an understanding of the way you're supposed to live your life.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting Reimagined. If you like what you heard, visit our website, parentingreimagined.org, and sign up for our mailing list. You can also like us on Facebook. Thanks for taking the time to be part of this community of parents who's committed to learning the deeper lessons of parenting.